couldn't have taken a more sickly form. He thought that, but couldn't stop the forward motion. It was what it was, a knowingly sick state of desire. Each detail had been oh so meticulously planned. The plan destroyed and ruined left him with no choice. He took way too far to turn back now. Damn, she was within reach. Almost had missed the anger built as he 
on traffic to the airport and went through the ridiculous security screening. He wanted so badly to tell them what morons their little anti-terrorist tactics had made him. But the news had in recent days began to be full of reports that various terrorist groups were responsible for bringing down that airplane. He wanted to tell them, tell them they were wrong, tell them it was him. How stupid could they all be? He imagined how their death must have felt as it all was unfolding on the aircraft. The explosion, followed by the knowledge they were going to die, he wondered if Debbie had thought about the same thing as she flew to Chicago. He correctly guessed that she probably did. It wasn't just her thinking about the actual death of her parents that intrigued him, but Debbie's reaction as she thought about it. He tried to picture in his mind her facial expression as she thought about them plunging from the sky. The look on her face must have been much like Misty when she lay there pinned against the steering wheel, her life-giving blood draining from her body. The paramedics had told him that she must have lived for almost 30 minutes after the accident. They just couldn't get her out. Her body showed signs of a struggle where she had tried to push open the hopelessly crunched driver's side door. She died slowly. A jagged piece of the plastic dashboard had severed an artery in her left leg. She bled to death. Her and the life she was carrying inside her. Had they gotten her out of the car in time, she would have lived. Her and the life she was carrying inside of her. Marshall had never carried a grudge against the paramedics. They arrived on the scene within minutes and really did all they could. No one could have reasonably expected more of them. One of them had even spoken to Misty as she was dying. She told the rescue worker, trying desperately to free her, to tell her husband she loved him and that she was sorry.
to be done. He stopped at a corner quick mark and asked for directions to the days in south. It was located on the outskirts of town, a suburban area filled with subdivisions of two-story brick homes, trip centers, and fast food places. All of it seemed to be great cover for a couple of people with money wanting to hide. Sorry, he said out loud as the sign for the hotel came into view. Tell Nathan I'm sorry. He said almost mocking his wife's last word. Then he started looking for some place to get a blade. A sporting goods store would be perfect. He couldn't find one though. A hardware store might work, he thought. And though it was getting late, the neighborhood had home depot brightly lit. Louder. Debbie and I have plans, and you're in the way. You've been in the way. You almost ruined everything. It's okay, though. I'm going to fix things. I'm going to make things right again. His voice turned back to his imitation Her innocent sin is dangerous present. 
Maybe if you really want to point him in the right direction. Maybe she 